0: The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. It's a look at the headlines, the great moments, the numbers, and the love and nostalgia that makes us baseball fans. This is Box Score Heroes. Hey, everybody, Katnapsock here for another edition of Box Score Heroes. And yeah, we have got the only baseball power rankings you need coming up in the second half of the show. We got your calls for the moments of the week, talking about uh, the week pass and looking ahead. And we are definitely looking ahead as we are in uh, basically the final week of the season. I know this was going to be a quick season, this was going to be a sprint, but we're already here. I feel as though it's March, and now I have to make plans for October in life. That's what we got going on here, but it's fun. We're going to talk about that, uh, talk about uh, the playoff changes and what it might bring, but we have got teams in the playoffs. All right, last week I talked about, hey, you know, my Yankees are starting to lose a little bit, starting to fade and fall in the standings, and, you know, that uh, sometimes gets me more interested in a weird way, and I still stand by that, but this week, this week certainly tested that theory, as uh, those upstart Blue Jays went three and seven during this week, and the Yankees went nine and one. And now the Yankees are firmly in second place, and have clinched a playoff spot. So has Tampa Bay. I, I feel as though just looking out of the headlines, and I'm not talking about watching hours and hours of, of baseball programming, but just looking at the headlines. Sweeping through baseball, Twitter, baseball, uh, MLB.com, com, SI, CNN, any other spot where you you go to get your baseball news. I don't have the allowance money to to subscribe to the Atlantic. I apologize. I just feels as though there's not a lot of people talking about Tampa Bay. And I'm a Yankee fan. I'm looking up at them. I'm talking about Tampa Bay. Good team, good heart, good players, and they are motivated. Look for that. But let's, let's look at the teams that are in there. As I said, Tampa Bay and the Yankees in the East. Eight teams from each league go into the playoffs, this we know. Chicago White Sox already have clinched. I love that team. I've loved that team since about October, November last year where they started making moves. Uh, Doles were the first big ones to just already make a great lineup pop even more. Great roster pop even more. The Dallas Keuchel pickup I think is one of those underrated pickups. The White Sox are looking good. Second best record in the American League right now. They're clinched. But right behind them, two games in the standings but one in the win column. Minnesota Twins. I the, the, the Twins I I I, I kind of root for them. I really kind of do. Maybe it's cuz I grew up uh, rooting for Kirby Puckett and I loved the 87 and definitely love the 91 Twins and that 91 World Series still one of my Favorite World Series uh, that I uh, got to witness uh, live on the TV. Never got to go to it, of course. Uh, I would have I would have twirled a, a homer hanky like the best of them, I'll tell you what. I just like the Twins, but I feel bad. I'm a Yankee fan. We beat up on the Twins a lot. The Twins last year, over 300 home runs, set records, get to the playoffs, and we're like, bah, see ya. Happens a lot with the Twins. You have to feel that, you know, small market, yes. But the players, none of the players on their roster the last few seasons, including this season, are small market players to me. And they could get together. Could this be the year? We'll see. They've clinched in the Central. The A's have already clinched out West. A good season so far. They have definitely got control over the Astros six games. Astros sneaking past 500. Out in the National League, oh man, looking for the little X's by the names, not a lot. Now Atlanta looking okay, Miami looking good. Cubs, Cardinals fighting it out. The Reds, Brewers right behind them. Uh, there, it's it's it, it's it's going to be a crazy final week, particularly the NL Central. Uh, too bad the Mets weren't in the NL Central, but even then, they'd be struggling. Ah, man, it's looking good, but out west is where the only spots are uh, locked up. The Dodgers, 38-16, best record in baseball. They're kind of on a mission, but speaking of missions, they are seemingly on a mission from God. The San Diego Padres, Slam Diego Padres, 34-20, four games back, but they are in that record, 34-20, uh, second best in the National League behind the Dodgers, and that would put them uh, essentially second or third best record in uh, the the American League if they were playing over there. So uh, big stuff. Uh, Those are the teams in. But what about looking ahead? What about this final week in the Central? Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers all have a shot. Don't forget Miami, the Marlins at 28 and 25. They just had a six and four week. The Phillies, 27 26. Harper, I know, a little dinged up, but they're in it as well. And uh, yeah, for what it's worth, the Giants, 26 26, uh, could find a way into that wild card spot. Again, it's three division leaders, three division second place teams, and two wild cards, uh, which means back in the American League, we we're only uh, looking for, we only got uh, five of the eight spots clinched, and Cleveland's looking really good at 29 and 24, so you could say six, which leaves two spots. Um, I would say Houston's looking safe for that second-place spot out in the West, so if you got Cleveland and you got Houston in, we got one more, and it's looking like Toronto has the advantage at 27 and 26. Baltimore is too far behind them. Sorry Jay, sorry Dan my Baltimore fans. Detroit, they're out of it. Uh, uh, Royals, they're out of it. Seattle 23 and 30, the Angels 23 and 31. It w- not eliminated. Not eliminated. <laughs> but it would take quite a week. So, that might kind of be it out in the American League. Toronto, Cleveland, Houston. Those are great additions. Great additions the uh, National League, as we just said, a little more unsettled. Let's talk about those Padres' first time in 14 years that they are in the playoffs. And I I, I can't stop talking about the Padres because I tell you, ever since that, uh, ever since that Grand Slam, and, and they had a good team going in, they already were playing good. But Tatis Jr. and the uh, take that never was, the uh, uh, consecutive Grand Slam games, Slam Diego San- Padres takes off, And I think that gelled the team. They went through that adversity. They went through the rest of the world kind of talking about them, poking at them, uh, defending them, uh, all eyes on them. And they reacted. They reacted to it. How many times do you see uh, a sports team do that? They come through, all eyes on them, and there seems to be that slice of destiny on them. First time since 2006. That's a long time. And this Padres team, I can tell you from playing National League only fantasy baseball, like I have for the last few years, they are the Padres are that team where they make the moves, and you look at the players, and you are looking who you want to draft, and you, go, oh, man, Emmanuel Marco, that's yeah, let's get that. He's a sleeper. Will Myers, that's a sleeper. A lot of sleepers on the Padres. They go get the big guns, Hosmer, Machado, but they they got the kids, they got the kids, and they got and they got the guys on the cusp, and you take a big shot. And it always, over the years, doesn't quite work for the Padres. But they've always put out good players. Something changed. The atmosphere changed. They, they gelled, like I said. And I got to tell you, when the season, the dust settles, they're going to look back at that Tatis Grand Slam as the time when they said, hey, we're coming together. Uh, am I rooting for him? Look, I'm a Yankee fan. A Yankee Padre uh, 1998 rematch. It's what the world's been waiting for, right? <laughs> You've all been waiting to see... Uh, Tino Martinez and Mark Langston go out and throw the first pitch of of, of the games there, right? No, okay, maybe not. Maybe just me. Um, I, I I here's the thing about the, looking at these playoffs. I'm going to take my Yankee hat off. All right, I'm going to take it off. I, I'm excited to watch the White Sox play. I'm I'm excited for the Oakland A's. They have had such you know decades now, decades going back to '99, 2000, and the Moneyball teams are putting so many good players on the field and, and doing it in their own way, can they finally get over the hump? The White Sox, they had the big revival at 05, but they put together a team. I like a team getting rewarded for doing that. Same with the Twins. Tampa Bay, I, they have that underdog vibe, even though the Yankees are looking up. There are some great teams going into this season, but I got to tell you, I'll say right now, I'm, I might be hitching my horse. I don't own a horse, but if I had, I'd hitch it to those Slam Diego Padres. And I'll stop calling them slam, slam Diego at some point. Not yet. Not now. As far as the Dodgers, they got something to prove. There's a If there's a destiny vibe in San Diego, in that Cinderella destiny kind of way, uh, the Dodgers have the other, I don't want to say other destiny, but they got the other thing going on, determination. They know COVID season or not, it doesn't matter to them. The window can only remain open For so long. It can only remain open for so long. They know. With their manager. Coaches. Players. They got to start getting it done. And all the trash cans being banged upon. And all the virus shortened seasons. It doesn't matter. No one's going to look back and give them those excuses. When you look back 5, 10, 20 years at this Dodger team. This Dodger era. You're going to say. Either they finally got it done. Or they never got it done. I'm looking forward to the Dodgers, looking forward to to see what, what Betts will do, leading it with that vibe. That's a big X factor. Forget his talent on the field, but changing that clubhouse off the field once they get to the playoffs. The thing about the Houston uh, mess with a player like Kershaw, I don't know, look at Hugh Darvish. He's having a great year. He's a revival. His hair's growing, and so is his reputation. It's returning. He absolutely took a hit. He was a punchline. And now, hey, maybe there was something going on that he couldn't control. But with that gone, whether if that's the reason or not, players, eh, their skills erode or their skills change. Their success, the numbers are up and down. I'm not saying it all has to do with the Astros banging on a trash can when it comes to Hugh Darvish. But it's out of his mind. He knows. He gets to look at that. Remember, he was tweeting like a madman, and people were loving it in the offseason, just kind of like, oh, cool. Y'all ruined my career. Thanks for that. But that is gone. That is no longer over his head, and look what he's doing. Can Clayton Kershaw take that into the postseason to do the same thing? He failed or struggled. He's also had some wins, but he's failed or struggled prior to the Houston World Series and the trash cans uh, heard around the world, or eventually heard around the world. Um, but he's also struggled mightily afterwards. And I can tell you, living in LA, I don't listen to a lot of sports talk radio anymore, but just seeing the headlines, going around and seeing a newspaper at a diner, hearing the conversations, it's about Kershaw and about what he doesn't do in the postseason. I have to think, I have to wonder, as he looks around his team and thinks, yep, this is this is getting towards the end for me, too. Not that in terms of retirement, but in getting towards the end of this run with the Dodgers, if we don't, we don't. And we'll always be remembered for that. But I wonder if he just feels oddly justified, much like Darvish. See, I took those hits. Houston and Boston a little bit. We forget Alex Core what they were doing there. Is there. Was it as bad or as in-depth as Houston? No, I think there's other teams, too. They just didn't get caught or got sat upon. And Houston takes the heat, deservedly so, deservedly so. Don't forget Boston. But if you're Kershaw, and you're looking at those two struggles, uh, those two postseasons full of struggles and some big failures and some big negative headlines. He's not one I know. I I, I could I, he he would not blame any of that. He would not blame any of that. But spiritually, it's psych, psychologically, that being. Something you can go, hey, it might not have just been me. Now we can go go get it done. Exciting to watch. Dodgers Padres, if it would come down to them in the NLCS, I think we'd have ourselves a doozy. And that leads to the next couple of things here I wanted to talk about as we look ahead this week. What happens? What happens when the World Series winner is crowned? I ask again, how will we treat them? Now, 5, 10, 15 years. How will we treat them? We've talked about this before. Tom and I have talked about it on Behind the Bag. But I bring it up again because now we're here. The playoffs are about to begin. Someone's going to win. Are we going to downgrade them? I know it's been... I've had conversations with friends who are Dodgers Dodger fans. Uh, Yeah, what do we do? Dodgers win, you know, you, you... you almost want to shrug and just put your throw your hands in the world up in the air and just say what in the world could we have done? We didn't win when we had a chance in uh, in uh, you know uh, the previous uh, our previous chances in uh, what 2000, uh, 2017, 2018. uh and now um, we're going to struggle again. Not do it again or 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 you know and or we win and you all say yeah whatever it was a short season. How will we treat them now that we're actually on this door? And and this is where I, I go to MLB.com. I enjoy going to MLB.com. I enjoy getting my news uh, from them. I know there's a lot of other spots, like I said, uh, SI, um, ESPN, wherever you want to go. Um, MLB, the TV show's great. But, but you know, uh, I don't. I know don't overlook MLB.com for a great source of news just because it's, uh, it's, in, it's the league's website. Anthony Castorvenc had a great little article up there about the past playoff format changes in baseball history just brought some great baseball, including some upstuts and upstarts, as he says. He says, playoff changes have brought amazing, apostrophe uh, in the end of that, results. He highlights 1969, 1995, and 2012. This eight team in a league short playoff season you know we talked about it a lot i still think it's it's what they had to do i think it's really good and it's not going to stick i don't think it will stick maybe we'll see though but i'm excited i'm really excited as we are on the door of the playoffs because anthony is right you go back to when the game changed we oh I, i'm a purist at times which is weird because i grew up in a post dh world i'm a purist right And sometimes I don't even know why. It just seems like it's ingrained into your love of baseball. You know, you, you watch Ken Burns baseball. You watch documentaries, history, 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 but the game has to change. In 1969, that was the advent of the league championship series. And, uh, Anthony Castro Vince does write about that. The leagues are split into East and West divisions, he writes, with the winners of those subsets meeting in the best-of-five league championship series. As we all know, it didn't become best-of-seven until 1985. And what happened there? You had the Orioles and Twins, uh, Mets and Braves. It was 1969. It's interesting to note, and Anthony does too, that the the Mets actually won 100 games. The Braves won 93, but the Braves were favored. Heron, 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 Hank Heron also known as Heron, apparently. Uh, Aaron uh, Orlando Cepeda. Cepeda was a a great player, Um, uh, a lot of great players on that uh, 69 Braves team, a lot of them that era, Davey Johnson, right? 40 home runs, don't forget that. So I get it, they're more the veterans, and you had the Mets doing something, no one thought they'd do this, 100 wins, just no one thought that. So I get it, I get it, but the Mets win. And so there you go. The first big change that people hated gives us the Miracle Mets. That becomes part of baseball history. Then we have 1981, and we've talked a lot about that, that it was the uh, strike season and the playoffs. Anthony uh, Kastorvitz writes, uh, the 1981 season was a mess, and it was split into two halves. Uh, The Reds and uh, Cardinals, who had the highest winning percentages in the National League, did not make the playoffs. Uh, That was part of the mess. Uh, Then you had... A uh, crazy postseason, the Yankees and Brewers, Dodgers and Astros, Expos and Phillies. You would go on to have a great series, Dodgers and Expos. The Rick Monday home run uh, as a Gary Carter fan. The the pain and frustration on Carter as his head hangs and the glove hangs after Monday hits that home run. Uh, I love that and, and hate that. It's part of my baseball memory. And I don't even didn't even really watch it live just as a Gary Carter fan. I studied that moment. That all led to the Dodgers and Yankees and a pretty darn good series. And no one, as we we said before, but no one really talks about the 81 strike season. They talk about just that, the playoffs, and the Dodgers win. The Dodgers win. And we don't look back now and, and think of it in any, anything other than a win. But the changes go on. I'm glad he focuses on 1995 and 2012. 2012, of course, they add the other wildcard game. But that's because in 1994, remember, that was supposed to be the first postseason with the wild card and the three-division format. And I, this, is, this is where I look at myself. And I go, my love for the history of the game My respect and admiration for the history of the game put me on a path back in 1993. Uh, I was in high school, graduated in 94. By 95, I'm in college when uh, the Mariners break my heart by defeating the Yankees there and the Martinez hit. I was just fist on a table against the wild card. I liked it in the NFL. It was still relatively new, but, you know, wild card just seemed like a football thing. Se- seemed like a thing to help my Dolphins get into the playoffs because we couldn't overtake the Bills. I didn't want it in baseball. That's not how it's done. We have two divisions, I'd say, and that leads to a league championship series, which is now a best of seven, and that leads to the World Series. That's how it is, and that's how it should be. I'd probably say with a little bit of higher pitch, though. That's how it would be. That's how exactly how I sounded in 1993. 94 comes along. We don't get to see it. The strike takes that away. 95 is the first one. As a Yankee fan, I am watching the, I, as I'm speaking to you, I'm watching the highlight replay over and over and over. There's Griffey. He's rounding third. Gerald Williams, Ice Williams with the throw. Uh, to Layritz at home plate. Too late. The Mariners. Ah, the Mariners move on. Take on Cleveland. Cleveland would defeat them. I'd be so happy. I'm going to take my Yankiness out of it. That was a great baseball moment. It was a great baseball postseason. And some great games in that Atlanta-Cleveland series. And it was after that that I went, ah, wild card seems all right. <laughs> we seem okay. 2012, they added one, and it just, uh, hey, man, it just, I think it works. I think it works. It's added some urgency. I don't think the answer is always just to toss more teams into the postseason. That's why I hope they don't necessarily I don't necessarily hope they keep all eight teams going forward. Uh, But look you know you want it to be special but as I I hear myself even say that and go "Eh," I want to go back to myself in 1993 94 95 and just say let it happen. Let the change happen. You want everything to go in the direction of what is best for baseball, baseball, Ray. And I think, I think this postseason is going to be something special. Can't wait to talk about it. Can't wait to watch it with you all. Quick follow up: Last week we talked about Albert Pujols uh, tying Willie Mays six hundred and sixty. He has passed him. I think what now it's six hundred and sixty-two at the time of this recording. I think that's something that you just can't overlook. Full Hulse, 40, one of the greats of the game. Definitely runs like he has zero speed rating. Um, but I think that's amazing. You know, that those numbers, we talked about those numbers. 660, you'd say that, I'd say Willie Mays. That's all you'd have to say. You just walk up to me go, Ken, baseball, 660. I go, Willie Mays. Well, now, 660 and climbing, 661, 662. It's full Hulse. We're, we'll see where he stops. There's look there's part of me that wants him to hang on until he gets 700. He's you know this year right, he may maybe finish 665, maybe if he gets hot the rest of this week. Come back 20 20 20. 3 more seasons. DH till you're 43. Come on Albert, get to 700. I think you can do it. We'll see there. Hey, we like taking your calls here for our moments of the week. Uh, We always get a great call from Eric Monroe. He's an Atlanta Braves fan. He's always got something good there. We got a call from him and a call from Zach Anderson. I sense Brewer Country checking in. Here is Eric right now. Hey, Ken. So my moment of the week came Wednesday night, and it was the return of Cole Hamels. Um, He gave up three runs, but you know what? Just seeing him on the mound was definitely good enough for me because... If the Braves are going to do anything in October, they are definitely going to need him with all his experience. I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for Cole Hamels, everything he did, you know, during the Phillies run, um, their 2008 World Championship. He was a big part of that. I just, you know, have a lot of respect for the guy. So I was was happy when the Braves signed him in the offseason, but of course said that he got hurt. So hopefully Cole will get it going so they can make a big run in October. Hey, you know what? I agree with Eric there. I like Cole Hamels. He's been playing since 06. Hey, the last time the Padres made the postseason. He uh, starts 9-8 and in 2006 in uh, 23 starts and then that jumps up to 28 starts and a 15 and five record that's a 750 win, winning percentage you might uh, still you might not like wins I still do but I think that's a great percentage number uh, right there uh, era plus one point uh, or excuse me 135 if you like the modern stats there he leads the league in uh, lowest whip in 2000. Eight big season, 14 and 10. Uh, yep, uh, they, that late era, uh, late 2000s era Phillies teams, great stuff. And he's one of the best pitchers in baseball all the way up to 2012 until a little uh, struggle start uh, to emerge in 2013, 2014. But he was still uh, putting up good numbers. Uh, just the Phillies fortunes were changing a bit. So he ends up in Texas. Another 15 win season, 2016, uh, 2017, a little uh, problems with the injuries there, but uh, 24 starts, 11 and six, uh, 33 at this point. Now he's moving into the latter part of his career here, but 2018, 2.36 uh, ERA in 12 starts for the Cubs, 2019, seven wins. And I loved this signing of Cole Hamels in the offseason. I wrote about it over on Flag Sports. I absolutely love, uh, the, the love that signing. It is a veteran at the end of the rotation. He gets hurt. That's not something you could uh, stop. But he is a four-time All Star and he has a lot of postseason experience. That's what is you have. That's why you have him here. All right, we're looking at what are we looking at? I think seventeen games, sixteen started, 103rd hundred and a third innings of postseason play for Cole Hamills. Young Braves team, I think they'll get to the playoffs. No worries there. They'll clinch at some point this week, 31-22 and 22 again going into the week. You'll need someone like Cole Hamels just there, just pitching, throwing, figuring it out. Good call, Eric, and, yeah, I agree. I, I just like good baseball players, man. I like them playing. And uh, I, I, I'm glad to see Cole Hamels return. Let's go to Zach Anderson here. Hey, Ken, this is Zach out in Milwaukee. I just wanted to put in my submission for my favorite moment of the week. Uh, Definitely have to be on Wednesday night in Milwaukee's second game of a doubleheader against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, Ryan Braun sent out his 350th career home run, uh, just continuing to solidify his status as an all-time brewer great. Um. I know he's had his difficulties with uh, controversy in the past, but uh, we hear Milwaukee still love him, and you know, hope he we get at least one more year uh, to properly say goodbye to him uh, with fans in the stand. Fans in the stand, fans in the stands. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good thing for uh, for Ryan Braun and the Brewer faithful. Look, I. I get it. I get why Ryan Braun will always kind of have that asterisk on. i not just for maybe what he took to help him on the field, but the way he handled it, the way he kind of uh, threw, uh, threw just a working man under the bus. I know uh, a lot of people uh, don't forget that. Uh, Ryan Braun um, did it, and he has to live with it, and he came back from it. He came back, and actually, uh, you know, look at this. For, he, he debuts in 2007. He plays uh, unbelievable baseball up to 2012. Yep, all right, you might have a theory that he got some help. Uh, I get you, I get you. I still think he went out and played there. Uh, He is the Rookie of the Year in 2007. Then he goes on to appear in five straight All-Star games, of course, was the MVP in the National League 2011 with a uh, great season OPS at 9.94. Excuse me, .94. Say that again, .994. Ken, a lot of numbers on your screen. Read them right. Also leads in slugging percentage at .597. There, got that one. Uh, classic numbers, uh, 332 uh, average, 33 home runs, 11, 100, 11, 111 RBIs. It's a late night. Uh, and then 2012 has an even a bigger season. Leads in OPS at .987. Uh, total bases, 356, 41 home runs, 112 RBIs. Steals 30 bases, his second straight 30-30 season. I don't think a lot of people remember. Braun did that. Two straight 30-30 seasons. Leads uh, National League in runs scored 108. He also led the National League in hits in 2009. He also led the National League in slugging percentage in 2007 as a rookie. A lot of uh, bolded letters on the back of his baseball card. 2013, it all starts to turn around. And injuries, the controversy, I get it, I get it, I get it. But he never seemed to recover on a bigger level. Le- uh, bigger, bigger level but he was a... All-star again in 2015, a uh, big season, I think, in 2016, 30 home runs, 91 RBIs, 305 average. Since then, 33, 34, 35, he's in his age 36 season. He's playing, uh, well, way down to earth, this we know. But he's a veteran, he's still loved in that city, and I get it. And the three hundred and fiftieth home run—that you know—I think you look at that number. We got pullholes, passing May's. We got a lot of big numbers post steroid era, in the steroid era, whatever you want to say. Three hundred and fifty-one home runs is where he's at right now. I got to tell you, back in back in my day, late eighties, early nineties, you tell me a player's going to throw up three fifty 350 or three fifty-one. I am like, that's a surefire Hall of Famer. Yes. Stats and what the stats we look at change. But overall, every stat counts. Every stat's going to get you into the Hall of Fame. Is Braun a Hall of Famer? I think he will eventually get in maybe a veterans vote, but I do not think it will be easy. It might be one of those players that you're like, hey, it's 11th year on the ballot. and he's finally in. Could happen. Those first few seasons, 2007 to 2012, were big. Big seasons. Is that enough to get him in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. But he did have some good seasons and some big numbers after that. He might cross. If he comes back next year, he'll cross 2,000 hits. Can he hang on, make a push for 400? I don't know. But I'm with Zach. I hope he comes back and he gets to hear the cheers of the fans that stuck with him once again. So, hey, great call Zach, great call. Eric, if you want to call in, all you got to do, all you got to do is get on the Anchor app and call, leave a message, give me your moment of the week. All right. On the other side, we're going to take a quick break, reset, and we'll finish up with the only baseball power rankings you need. See you then. hey y'all what's going on this is kojak i create music that can be found both on youtube and soundcloud and now i'm a recent streamer on twitch so if you're looking for some chill instrumentals check me out on youtube and soundcloud under K O J Q, and for some laughs you can check my twitch page under ko underscore everyone please be safe and thank you Well, hello there. This is Lauren Romo, one of the co hosts of the Galactic Podcast. ال- we are two gals that just talk anything and everything within that galaxy far, far away. So come join us for the Star Wars discussions. Stay for that silliness. You can find us on Apple Pod, Spotify, Google Play, and Podbean. Follow us on Twitter at The Galactic Pod. And as always, may that force be with you. Why We Love Star Wars by Ken Napsok is a collection of little love letters to the greatest saga ever told and a personalized copy can be yours today. Just go to catnapsock.com and choose the shop tab. There you'll find options to purchase exclusive poster art designed by movie trivia schmodown star Janine Bryce, a signed copy of Why We Love Star Wars, and collector knapsock file cards. Already have a copy of the book but still want an author signature? Then check out the book plate package. Get a signed book plate sticker and a 3D printed keychain sent straight to your spaceship. Go to catnapsock.com for pricing and shipping information. Welcome back to Box Score Heroes and to the only baseball power rankings you need. A quick look back at the week in baseball. Power is power, and here is how we rank it. All right, diving right into the power rankings for this week. Number five, Josh Donaldson kicks some dirt and stands his ground. Did you all see this? He had a big home run this week, big time, big fly here to the Twins, and then he got thrown out. As he crossed home plate. He uh, kicked some dirt across the home plate and had some problems. Uh, He had some problems with the umpire. He had some words with the umpire. And there was, uh, what's interesting uh, is he, he stands by it. What had happened is, for those who, who didn't pay too close of attention, the pitch before the home run, he takes a strike on the outside. It's against the White Sox. Dan Bellino. Calls it a strike. Donaldson's barking at him. But Donaldson asks him, and you do see it, hey, where was that? Now, there's already stuff going on. There's this, The 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 Twins and, and manager Rocco Baddelli, uh, uh had some uh, thoughts on Bellino's uh, calls, uh, the series, um, or previously. So, you know, there may be some history there. I don't want to completely say the ump is guilty there. But... As he crosses home plate, Josh Donaldson kicks dirt over home plate, and he's tossed. He's tossed. But this is what's interesting. This is why he's definitely – it's not just a weird, fun moment, and this is something that, hey, uh, um, you'll, you'll see highlights on for years to come. Josh Donaldson stood by his decision. It says the Major League Baseball umps have no accountability. He says, and I'm quoting, if the umpire consistently isn't doing his job correctly – That's affecting our careers. That's affecting our success. At the end of the day, there's no reprimand, no accountability for the guys that are making the decision. As a matter of fact, they don't care. They don't care at all, most of them. They just want to get the game over with for the most most part, and it's pretty sad because guys are making six figures a year, talking about the umpires, and there's no accountability. He goes on to say, uh, it doesn't matter to them. They don't realize we're playing for our families. We're playing for our livelihood. So... All right, this is interesting. I, 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 I love umpires, and, and, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're friends with uh, John Kaiser here. We're going to get him on the show at some point. Trying to work at the schedule, but his father, the late great Ken Kaiser, very colorful umpire. Uh, had some strong opinions about players, got along with some players, hated other players and managers it's not about the umps, I get that, but I do miss kind of those big personalities. Growing up, I knew the names of the umpires. Nowadays, uh, you know, maybe I'd have to check with a younger fan. I know it's going to be a little different for me. I'm past my baseball watching prime. I love it. I don't have every little detail in my head like I did in 1988. Um, I know Hunter Wendelstadt because he's Harry Wendelstadt's son. You know, that's the kind of stuff I know. I don't know Dan uh, Bellino uh, from uh, Dan Bellagio, who is a name I just made up, but he's probably umping down in the in double A's. Um, I, I I I always want to defend the umpires. They got a tough job. Uh, look, a lot of tougher jobs out in the world, but in terms of baseball, it's a tough job. You got to make decisions, and they do. The pressures on them. Remember Jim Joyce blowing that. Uh, Perfect game for Galaraga, Armando Galarraga. Like, it broke his heart. I, I'm okay. Maybe you reverse that. I think maybe you go back and reverse that. Instant replay would have absolutely changed that. Like if it counted. Instant replay was alive and well back then, but if it had counted. And if you can change the calls, it would have happened. When he, got, he would have got a perfect game. I mean, it was a clear perfect game. So, Human error is part of it. I don't want robot umps. I don't want C-3PO calling balls and strikes. I really don't. I really don't. But I have to admit, I have to admit, I get where Donaldson is coming from. If you can't, if you're going to get called out, and in this case, he didn't strike two and he recovers and hits a home run, but if you get called out, you're going to get... Uh, um, sent to uh, sent to the bench uh, on a strikeout, and your stats go down, your contract goes down. Look, is it is it that dire? Does your contract fall uh, and land on the shoulders of these each individual moments? No, but it does add up. And I think what happened last year. I I always sometimes look around and go, what's the tone and temperature of the baseball fandom, including. Players, or maybe more importantly, ex-players who now feel they can talk more. And the postseason last year, a lot of talk, a lot of discussions about the umpires and the changing strike zones. And even someone like me who enjoys the human element has to go, all right, if a lot of people are feeling this way, maybe there's some stuff we have to look at in the modern era. Again, with instant replay. It was something I would have said I was against, and now it's okay. I'm used to it. You're used to it. Any change comes along eventually you're used to it. And it, becomes, it becomes the old. The new becomes the old. So Donaldson's point, I think it's well made. Well, kind of well made, but it's I understand it. Kicking dirt, Hey, it's a funny moment. We'll remember that one. It's like Lou Pinella throwing the second base bag or just Weaver going at it with any umpire or any kind of uh, weird baseball moment. We'll remember this one. Josh Donaldson getting tossed out of the game after hitting a home run. We'll see if his point is taken by anyone great story to emerge this week. And that's why it's our number four on the only baseball power rankings you need. And it is the power of naps. Nelson Cruz staying in Minnesota, but his much traveled career, he is 40 and playing well. And, uh, this is not necessarily new, but it was in the highlight because a great article about Nelson Cruz and his naps. He must take a nap. 20 to 30 minutes before a game, it's part of his routine. He works hard. He shows up, he goes to the gym. He studies tape the night before. He studies tape the day of. He uh, goes and takes his swings. He does everything he needs to prepare himself to play. He's in his age 39, age 40 season, and he's playing well. 314, 16 home runs in 50 games, 32 RBIs. He is over the 400 mark. Big career. Big career from a guy that uh, going back to the early 2000s when he broke in um, in 2005 with the Brewers onto the Rangers, where he finally locked it in in 2009. He's got a great career. Hall of Fame career? You know, uh, yeah, you know, it's weird. You look at Braun, you think, no, but I think uh, Braun's seasons overall, that, that run might have been more flashy than Cruz's. But a league leader in home runs in 2014 with the Orioles. Don't forget that year he played there. He's like Reggie Jackson. He is a multi-time all-star. No big hardware. So we'll see. We'll see. I think Cruz is on the cusp. It would be a numbers vote. But he's a great player, and I loved reading the story about the power of naps. Mark Ellis, my comedian friend, he loves a good nap. It is scheduled. He's the Nelson Cruz of comedy. You go on the road with Mark Ellis. It's scheduled into the day. We all got to go find something to do during this time. Prepare for the show, entertain ourselves in the hotel lobby because Mark's going to take a nap. And I respect it, and I love a good nap too. You got to get get twenty minutes in. And I think if I was Nelson Cruz, if I was no, uh, not even Nelson Cruz, if I was Ken Napsack playing Major League Baseball like I had dreamed about. I think I'd do that too. I'd put a nap into my contract. Good job, Nelson Cruz, putting naps on the map in Major League Baseball. Number three, Joey Votto and the power of the walk. He passed Pete Rose. Heard of him? For the team leader in walks. It's a crazy category, crazy stat. It counts, it's important. Take your base, good eye, take your base. How many Little League players heard that? How many Little League coaches shot that out of your mouths? And look at this, over 1,200 walks, 1,200 walks. He led the league in 2011 with 110, 2012, 94, 2013, 135. That's like Barry Bond's intentional walk with the bases loaded numbers. 2015 143. He led the league. He led the league again. 2017 134. Uh, he is something else. It's interesting though. He's a former MVP. Don't forget that he can hit the ball. He doesn't just uh, take his base. What I love about it, I just love it. It is is it's, it's it's a it's an ode to the well-rounded part of the game. You know what I mean? Like it is an ode to to getting on base. That's the goal. And I I don't. Begrudge a lot of the style right now, the swing and the miss or swing and a blast. It's it's I get it. It's maybe not as fun for me to watch as others, but I, I love all the players we got going on there. Um, but it, it's fitting that P. Rose, who didn't do it as with as big as numbers as Votto, never, P. Rose never led the league in walks. His highest total was 106 in uh, 1974. But, of course, Pete pay, played a long time. That was part of it, too. But Pete liked to hack and slash. He loved to get on, too, as well, as we know, with his hits, his hit total there. Uh, so uh, the thing I love, the thing about Votto that's funny, though, it's, it's the game. You get on base any way you can. Score any way you can. You need to steal a base, do it. I love it. It's a lost art there. But I am a fantasy baseball owner who has had Joey Votto on a Joey Votto on his team several times. And me and my co-owner Corey will text each other a lot. Another three walk night for Votto. It doesn't get us anything. We're in a five by five league that has kind of old stats. And I used to always, I used to be one of the ones in the league. My friend Jay is commissioner of the league. Every year we get an email from Jay. I think it's time we look at some new stats Keep some of the big ones, but I think this stat doesn't mean as much. Let's add in this one. On-base percentage, slugging percentage comes into play. On-base percentage uh, a lot. I'm always one of the ones. This is no keep batting average. I love batting average. Keep batting average. We would have won. Corey and I would have won our league at least two or three more times because we always would have Joey Votto on our team. You pay a big price. He's an MVP. So in an auction draft for fantasy baseball, you're going to pay a big price, and then Votto walks three times a night, and you get nothing. It's frustrating. But as a baseball fan, I love it. So here's to you, Joey Votto, passing a legend. Tainted legend, as it were. But passing a legend, nonetheless. And Pete Rose, walking your way past him for the team lead. Rose, of course, uh, played uh, for the Phillies. And Expos as well. So, uh, you know, some of those walks came with them. I still I still love that Pete Rose paid, played 95 games for the uh Expos in 1984. That's <laughs> just one of those weird, like, oh, yeah, He was an expo. All right, number two on our list. Let's talk about Ron Gardenhire. He had to retire quite suddenly this week due to a kind of collection of health problems. And he uh, headed on down the road. Lloyd, uh, Lloyd McClendon was uh, one of my, I used to love uh, watching McClendon play as a pirate, uh, also, a pirate manager. He had a famous kind of blow up through a base. I remember that one there, too. Uh, he takes over. We'll see where they, uh, if he sticks with it, uh, kind of an interim basis. Uh, Tigers will probably look uh, for someone uh, maybe a little younger and flashier. I would stick with McClendon if I were them, but I'm not running the Tigers. We'll see how Tigers fans feel about that. Garden hire only, only three seasons with the Tigers, and they were, you know, it's a rebuilding mode out there, right? 64 98. Uh 2019, 47 and 114, not a great run there. He's uh, finishes 21 of 29, and that is it. Three years for the Tigers, looks like it's done. 16 years as a manager, the Twins, man. And I talked about those Twins in the first half of the show, of those teams and great players that just couldn't seem to get there. He was 44 when he took over the Minnesota Twins in 2002. Uh, left the Twins after the 2014 season, after a 70-92 season, no longer with him. He had a, a little bit of a bad run there at the end, uh, of 2011-2014. But it was that 2002-2010 to 2010 run that put Gardner Hire on the map as one of the best managers. He had six uh, division titles in that run, also got in the postseason. Uh, so otherwise as well... Um, he never won 100 games. Never had that big team. Uh, I look at the Twins now. Uh, you know, you know, he's not there. But it's they—they they have that Gardenhire feel to them sometimes. But now they just have more power. Different time, different era. Coming into the game in 2002 as a manager. Uh, last played in 1987, by the way. I remember, I remember Gardenhire as, as a Met uh, backup coming up. Uh, I remember having his cards. He—he he didn't. Um, He didn't play uh, in the majors past 1985. I really started watching 86-87, but I remember having his 86-Tops card. So when he took over for the Twins, I was like, oh, yeah, the Mets guy. Uh, Fun little thing there. Started managing, actually, uh, by 88 uh, in Class A. Worked his way up over there. So um, here's to you, Ron Gardenhire. Good baseball guy. Good baseball manager. Uh, a variety of health problems, food poisoning recently, and with what's going on, decided just to step down. So tipping a cap to a good baseball manager. I love those baseball stories of, of the of the guy who had trouble cracking the major league level, getting the big uh, managing job. Never got to the World Series. That's a shame, but a good guy, so we'll see you there. Number one, well, we got a bonus. We got a bonus. I'm going to put a bonus on this week's Power Rankings. Honorable mention, Clint Frazier, my Yankee. Hit a big home run this week, playing well, but also on first base with the Red Sox. I'm sure you saw this story. Saves a bug, sees a bug, gets down, moves it out of the way so he doesn't step step on the bug. I really respect that. I like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of spiders, but I'll go out of my way to save them and move them outside to a different tree or a different part of, you know, get them out of the house. I like doing that. I respect that. So, Clint Frazier, that's some true strength right there. Number one on the power rankings this week is, unfortunately, Tommy John. Every time we say Tommy John's name, that's not usually a good thing, which is a shame because Tommy John was a great baseball pitcher who had a groundbreaking surgery that changed the game. One of the things that changed the game. That's why we call it Tommy John surgery still to this day. And Justin Verlander. Has it and he is done for this season. He only played in one game. And if you remember when he played, he got the win, six inning win, his first start of the year, gave up three hits, struck out seven, three thousand thirteen for his career. Things look good, his two hundred and twenty-six career win, and then the forearm strain. And remember the reports were, hey, the reigning Cy Young Award winner is done. And he said, No, we covered it here on Box Score Heroes. No, 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 I'm not done. We'll be good. Shut it down for two weeks. I'll be back. Never happen. This would have been a death sentence before Tommy John got that surgery. This would have ended his career, would have ended the careers of a lot of players. Just look at Sandy Koufax. If we had the technology, the medical uh, uh, know-how know, know-how, and, and uh, skills we have now, Sandy Koufax would have played a little bit longer. He might not have experienced the injuries he did at all, but he had to go. Verlander is 37. This is a time where you got to be thinking, I'm out. He will not be back in 2021. He would be scheduled to return in 2022. It's a long ways away when you're 37 and you've been hurling the baseball for a long time and making your mark since you were 22 and 23 in the mid 2000s for those Tiger teams. I, for one, want Verlander back. I like having those big names. I like those big aces, and I'm thankful. That this surgery exists, even though people get it at a rate a lot more than they did back in the day. He is motivated. He says he will be back. And who were we not to believe him? Though he did say it was a forearm strain earlier. Hey, injuries change. Things get uh, serious when you think they're not. You gave it the old try. I want him back. I don't know about you. Astros, stigma aside. Don't worry about that. Just worry about the game of baseball. The game of baseball needs these big names. It helps. He's a legend. He's a veteran. And new names will arise. New names will move in and take his place. It'll be a different game when he returns in 2022. But I hope he does. And I hope, I hope he does, just doesn't return and toss a few innings and tip a cap. I want Justin Verlander to be back. Maybe not at that 21-win form of last year that got him his second uh, Cy Young Award. But maybe it's the Verlander that won 15 in 2014. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's not 300 strikeouts. Maybe it's 200. Maybe it's 180. But I want him back. I want him to matter. I think the game of baseball will be better for it. So, Justin Verlander, here's to you. Here's to you, Ron Garden Hire. And here's to your naps, Nelson Cruz. I appreciate all of you. All right, before we get on out of here, we do love taking a look at the uh, standings. Well, we kind of already did that, so we'll move to the other thing we love to do, the league leaders. I love checking those stats. Let's look at the league leaders. This is an overall uh, lead. Uh, it's kind of a weird season, so we're not going to break it down by league. It is the baseball leaders. Batting average. DJ LeMayhew might be taking home a batting crown if you can hold on to him. And Luke Voigt. Man, I know. I'm rubbing my Yankees in your face. 21 home runs right now. He's having a great season. Jose Abreu leading with 53 RBI. Look for him to show the world what he can do in the postseason. Alberto Mondesi, 19 stolen bases. That stat I still love leading the league. And Fernando Tatis Jr., 47 runs, leading all of baseball in runs scored. Uh, We are looking at uh, wins. Shane Bieber leading with eight. Saves, Brad Hand and Liam Hendricks. They've been at the top all year long. 13 saves. That's a stat I still love too. I know it's not a it's not as sexy as a stat as it used to be, but I like that one too. I like my stats. Shane Bieber also leads an ERA 1.74. And in strikeouts, 12, 112 strikeouts for Bieber. Can he get the triple crown? Pitching triple crown. The less heralded triple crown of the triple crowns, but I like that one. And whip, Clayton Kershaw, zero. I'm telling you, he's 32. He's been playing for a while. I get it. But I absolutely love what he has done so far this year, and I think he's motivated. 6-2, 2.15 ERA in 54 and a third innings. I think he is ready. He's also struck out 59. I think he's ready, friends. I think Clayton Kershaw is ready to show everyone what he truly is capable of in the postseason. Look for it there. All right. That is it for this week here on Box Score Heroes. We like to leave you with a baseball quote. This one is from Leo the Lip. Leo DeRocha, the great baseball character, the great baseball manager. Just don't talk to him about that Cubs fall in 69. Baseball is like church. Many attend but few understand. I chose that quote because as we head into the baseball postseason on a weird year with no fans in the crowd and people still don't like the virtual sounds, the virtual fans, and I get it, and we don't like the baseball format and the seven inning games and the runner on second and the DH in the National League. A lot going on. But this has been a fun season, a fun time to watch baseball, and many just won't get it. The NFL is back. The NBA postseason is looking great, and people are having a lot of fun watching all that. Baseball will often get overlooked. It's just because a lot of people don't understand. So I am like Leo the Lip. I agree. Baseball is like church. Many attend. But few understand, if you listen, and you're listening right now, you understand. Let's keep going celebrating baseball. I'm looking forward to the final week as we head into the postseason. We'll see you next time on Box Score Heroes.